Hello, everyone. Welcome to the brand new season of For the Love of Books podcast featuring Indian small press authors with host author Emma Pulova. I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavent and the Lowell Ledger, our hometown newspaper in Lowell, Michigan. Today, I will be chatting with author Hilton Moore about his book of short stories, North of Nelson. Hilton will announce the details of his book giveaway at the end of the interview. Hilton Moore is a published short story author who lives and writes at his remote cabin in the near wilderness of Farragut County in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Hello, Hilton. How are Hello. you today? How are you today? I'm, I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. Do you still have snow in the UP? Or is it finally gone? It's finally gone, but um, just. Just, right? That's, I figured that. Okay, could you give us a brief summary of North of Nelson? Yes, it's a collection of uh, six short stories centered around uh, life and, and the times, different eras uh, in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. It's kind of a timeline in that it starts around 1880 or so and progresses until about 1950 or, or thereabouts. And each short story has a specific theme that connects them with the whole. Okay. Uh, what inspired this collection of short stories? Well... I love where I live and it's, it's like the very area itself is a character in one of my books um, in that the land, the land expresses itself. Uh, the, the woods expresses itself, the, the, the water, the streams, the lakes, they, they all are a part of, what makes my stories work, but they all are part of the Upper Peninsula. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, how about this timeline at the beginning of the book? How did you come up with that? That's pretty cool. Well, each short story has a moment in time. And so it's, uh, it's almost like a self-description because the timeline follows the different characters sequentially in this in this novel so we start with an a, a pedagogue in 1880 who has uh, a terrible temper and ends up um, murdering the wife or the the husband of a a, a, a woman that he's in love with and e but each that's just an example, but each short story has a moment in time. So the timeline actually um, comes after or grew out of the book itself. Okay. All right, so it came after. Tell us about the protagonists. They're all the Martins, right? It's Deacon, Reverend, Pastor, Gerald Martin, 
So can you tell us a little bit about, about them? Well, they're central, but not central. I mean, oh. each, each short story has a Martin in it, and most of them are pastors or ministers, so forth. But there, um, it's just a way of providing a cohesive uh, telling of the tale, so that there's some minor um, uh, minor. What can I say? It, there's each each of the stories has a Martin in them. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. a way to bring a cohesiveness to the whole. Okay. How long did it take you to write this collection of short stories? Oh, boy. That's a good question. I probably started in uh, 2018 and finished up in 2022 with the first one. But there were many, many revisions. And I was new to writing, and it, <laughs> it kind of shows up uh, in, in the original drafts. But um, now they're uh, pretty finely polished, and uh, and they work. But um, it was a long, laborious process. Now I'm I'm just finishing volume two. It's going to be ready for publication probably within the next six weeks, and it went a lot smoother and and a lot faster than the original volume one. Okay, out of these six short stories, which one is your favorite one and why? Probably it would be The Silent Mistress. Okay. It's about about a Native American young lady who um, flees an orphanage, uh, a, a Native American or, orphanage in the Upper Peninsula and establishes a life with her uh young lover they're never really married but um the uh the central character is not really the woman herself uh, although she is the main character but alcoholism is the is the main protagonist and the young man that she's attached to throughout her life has a severe case of alcoholism and anybody who's ever been to the upper peninsula knows that or any isolated area like the upper peninsula that alcoholism is rampant and it um it uh, consumes many people's lives and as it did this young man in the story um Okay. Uh, overall, when and why did you start writing in 2018 with this uh, with these short stories? Well, I've always wanted to write. You know, mm -hmm. it's been it's been something I've wanted to do since I don't know since second grade probably, and there never was the time or the opportunity or maybe the inclination to really get at it until 2018 when I decided that uh, I was either going to do it now or it was never going to happen. So there was the impetus of time and circumstances 
brought me to my cabin in the woods. Anybody who's spent any time in the wilderness knows that uh, it's lovely to be out in it, but um, at times it can be boring too. And writing was a way for me to express myself and to overcome some boredom. That makes perfect sense. What was the biggest challenge in writing North of Nelson? Uh, probably the editing. Um, I, I'm a writer, but I'm not an editor. And I am acutely aware that there's a difference. And I had to find the right editor, which I have now. Um, so she takes what's pretty rough and raw and uh, helps me polish it. So uh, that that was probably the hardest part. I'm I don't say that I'm a gifted writer by any means. I, I don't fall in that category, but I can tell a good tale. And um, sometimes the writing is is much easier for me than it than the uh, editing or the uh, publishing part of the part of the equation. Yeah. And how about the most gratifying part in getting this done? Well, it was probably having the first copy polished and published and in my hand. You know, when I could actually see the fruits of my labor finally after all these years um, and recognizing that it was well accepted and I got very good reviews. And uh, so there was a sense of self, self um, appreciation, not, not so much ego, but um, that I could do this, you know, this was something that I was capable of doing and um, having it come out well. Yes. How about surprises? Any surprises along as you wrote the book? I think uh, my biggest surprise was um, the UP Reader, which is a uh, regional regional uh, magazine, I guess you could call it, of UP writers. And I submitted two short, no, I actually I submitted three short stories. Mm -hmm. to them and two were accepted for publication right away and uh, the publisher told me that he would have liked to have published all three except he had to leave room for other writers so uh, it was not to pat myself on the back but I was pretty um, amazed that at my first time up at bat uh, I hit a home run, actually a couple home runs. Yeah. So uh, those two short stories are now incorporated in North of Nelson uh, with some modification. I mean, you know, they, I elaborated more and um, they were more finely polished. But um, yeah, so just I all I can say to young writers out there or writers, whether they're young or old, is to keep plugging away at it. And sooner or later, if your work is well done, uh, it'll be recognized. Maybe not immediately, but sooner or later. 
takes time, time and yes. patience. Yes, so, it does. What do you feel you did right? No one could have done it like you. Well, I, I guess the format um, has has been um, praised by a number of people in that, yes, there's six short stories and there's six different characters, six protagonists, but I try to weave them all together using the Martin family. So it, so they're singular, but not just singular. Right. They're the combinations cohesive. Yep. I agree. What would you have done differently looking oh. back? Oh, I, I, you know, there are probably way too many answers to that question. <laughs> uh, Differently, uh, well, I, I would have gotten an editor sooner. Mm -hmm. um, sec secondly, I would have, I, I wasted a lot of paper. I had a lot of dead ends until I finally realized that the way I write is different than most people. I write from the end and work towards the beginning. And I'm not sure that is the way that uh, most writers write, but it's it's what's effective for me and seems to work. I I find that I find the final chapter in my head, you know, through us through a process. I'm not sure I understand completely, but I go from the ending, what I think the ending should be, mm -hmm. and then I develop the work around the ending. I've only heard that from a few authors that they do it this way. Yeah, it's probably not a common way of doing it, but I find that it's it's clearer for me mm -hmm. to start with the ending. If I know how it's going to end, then it's easier for me to write the beginning and the middle okay. um, parts of, of the work. Yeah. Understandable. What have you learned about yourself from writing this book? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, there are many lessons, and some of them I can't say over the radio. But um, I I learned that you know if if I produce a good product, which I think I do, it it'll sell and really that's the bottom line with books i mean you can write a wonderful novel and and if it's not in the bookshelves of your local library or on the bookshelves of your local bookseller um i wouldn't say you've wasted time you just aren't going to be successful mm -hmm. there's there's writing it and then there's publishing it and selling it and it, all three things have to go together to make it work. Right. What are some of the takeaways from North of Nelson? Well, I'd like to say that every short story in North of Nelson, I wouldn't say it has a lesson, but it has something to ponder about. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. I, I don't give pat answers, but I try to 
try to strive to give the reader something to think about without imposing my own particular beliefs on them. I, I mean, I challenge, I challenge people's thinking sometimes unapologetically in that I may say things in my writing that challenge how people think. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, it's just the way that I think I, I, uh, I don't want to tell people how to live or what to think or what to do, but I at least want to challenge them. I think that's a really good thing that you're doing that because people need to be challenged. We all need to be challenged, our minds and everything. And I feel like the TV's not doing it. I I agree. I think I think that um, the the days of uh, thoughtful reading in the evening by candlelight, you know, I would love love to bring those days back that they'll never return. But I think that that type of of uh, environment where people take time every day to read and to think and to um, rehash their lives and rehash their thoughts and their thinking. I think it's really important. And I think it's something that uh, isn't done enough in this day and age when we can flip on the television set and have somebody's pat answer to what, uh, what you should think in life. Um, I don't know. I, I think uh, I hate to dwell on how great the olden days were, but in, in that sense, when people had time to think, um, whether they were holding a Bible in their hand or, uh, the communist manifesto, they were challenged to think. And now with television, I don't, I don't think that happens as often. Not at all. Would you do it all over again, your writing oh, career? Oh, in a heartbeat. I mean, you know, I've done a lot of things in my life. I'm probably uh, failed at more things than most people would even try. But um, I've found at this point in my life that writing I, writing is what I want to do. It's my passion. And I, even without compensation, I would do it. That's pretty impressive. Not too many people say that. That's pretty cool. Have you had any in-person author events so far? Yeah. Um, I, I have one coming up, too, in um, June. Um Can you tell yeah, us about I, it? When is it and where? So it, uh, our listeners get to go to it? It's. I may have the date wrong because it's not right in front of me, but I think it's June 9th. But it's a, um, it, it's, I don't know whether you would call it a podcast, but it's, um, it's for the Upper Peninsula authors uh, and um, pub publishers. It's a group of UP writers and publishers, 
and I'm supposed to make a presentation to them, and I think it's June 9th, but I'm, I, okay. I'd have to check my calendar. Okay. So what's next for Hilton on your writing journey? Obviously, you have that second book coming out. What will be the title of that one? North of Nelson, Volume 2. Two. And it's a continuation of the same timeline, the Martins. And as as it moves to the latter part of the, the 20th century. So there'll be a Martin in every short story okay. that's there. And uh, that's volume two. And then I'm just finishing up a full-size novel called Rabbit Girl, which is in the hands of uh, my copy editor right now. And mm -hmm. she's <laughs> helping me see my deficiencies. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I hope to have that published before the end of the year. So that's a full length novel. And I think it would be a great, it would make a great movie if somebody wanted to pick it up and run with it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's about a native American young lady who has uh, a physical deformity and her life here in around 1930 to 1950 here in the upper peninsula. And um, it, there's a lot of action in it. And some of it, uh, in, in fact, some of it can be quite raw, but it, I think it's a great novel. Okay. Would you like to read to us? Sure, certainly. Um, I'd like to read out, out of North of Nelson, Volume 1. Um, the story is um, called The Silent Mistress. And this is the, the one about the young lady who essentially runs away from the orphanage. She's a Native American, and her life... Uh, with her partner has ended with his death. But I'll, I'll start with, uh, with this. I toss another shovel full of dirt onto Charlie's casket as the young priest looks on. I didn't ask the priest to be here and in fact resented his presence, but he had informed me that all burials at the cemetery must be consecrated. The priest looked resentful too, as if Charlie, my mate of roughly 30 years, deserved to die for giving up on his faith. I don't try to tell the arrogant priest that Charlie knew God in his own way and often told me he could hear his presence in the swaying branches of a red oak or the rattle of a rutting buck scraping on the popple sapling. I pause and lean on the shovel remembering as the priest walks away disgruntled, I imagine, because another soul was not saved. Or perhaps the priest is rejecting me from my native blood, and because as a young woman I ran away from the orphanage and left the church. I could be pleasant. It would be pleasant to assume that our first night at Charlie's place was romantic, but it wasn't. His place was a tar paper shack on Lake Berga on a back 40 down a muddy dead-end road. And it certainly didn't meet my image of a romantic place, or as Charlie might have said, 
weren't romantic enough. I was just 15 when I pulled off my chemise and stood there in the lamplight, expecting that Charlie, a young man the same age as me, would know what to do, but that wasn't the case. I remember that mostly we fumbled around in the dark, the dim light from the kerosene lantern making shadow like specters on the wall. I had no idea what to expect. And as Charlie bashfully told me later, he had no idea either. We were both green as grass. I'm not sure where the white man's notion of love comes from, but in those first few years with Charlie, I sometimes couldn't stand him. I suppose because we were dirt poor, we stayed together out of necessity, each clinging close together like scab apples, blemishes and all, on the same darn withered tree. I guess some would call that love, but I don't. Thank you. Can you give us the details of your book giveaway? Yes. I have uh, willing to give a free hardcover copy of North of Nelson to the first person who emails into the podcast with the, the line of uh, podcast giveaway. Yes. And can they email you? Can you give us uh, your email address? Yes, that'd be fine. It's a l f h e m three at gmail.com. Can you repeat that one more time? Yes. A L F H E M three at gmail.com. Perfect. And now parting shots from each one of us. You first, Hilton. You're my guest. What would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, I'd leave I, I'd like to leave them with a sense of curiosity, whether it's my book or somebody else's book. Right. You know, being curious is a wonderful thing and it helps advance who we are as human beings. So go out there and grab a book that uh, you think might challenge you and read it. Yeah. And my parting shots are write indie, buy indie, and read indie. Read your local newspapers for inspiration. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.